Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Guitar Souls podcast. This is episode number 148, and I am one of your hosts, Mr. Levi Clay, as usual, here with my handsome, not hat-wearing friend this week, uh, Mr. Mike McLaughlin. He does have hair. How's it going, bud? I'm losing the hair, hence why I wear the hat all the time. <laughs> At least it feels like I'm losing my hair. It still looks all right today, but see, it does look any... good today. The minute there's a harsh downlight on it, that's when it gets bad. Like sure. you just see scalp. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. um, I'm alright. Thanks. How are you? Same, same. You know, keeping keep busy, keeping keeping as busy as one can. Um, yes, I was much the same. Trying to think what that actually means for for me. For so, you, uh, <laughs> working and trying to fucking platinum every game that you try to play. I'm just kind of chipping away at Dark Souls Three. Uh, that's good. And I have to say. You know, we go, go off topic. I mean, it's probably okay to go off topic because there's fuck all to talk about today. Yeah, it's quite quiet. Yeah. So um, unfortunately, you guys are going to get a topic that Levi and I came up with just before filming. So hopefully yeah. it's good, Pat. Or hopefully yeah. you get something from it. And I would like to uh, hear what you guys think as well um, in terms of if we've missed anything or sure. if you, whatever we say is like, oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Uh, but on that note, on the on the Dark Souls, chipping away at Dark Souls note, people are going to hang me for this. Uh, but you know what? Not crazy about Dark Souls 3. Thought I wasn't crazy about Dark Souls 2, but not crazy about Dark Souls 3. I tell a lie, actually. It's a very, very good game. It's a very, very good game. Uh, but it clearly came out after Bloodborne, and it's taken that that inspiration. It's a faster game. The themes, it feels more like a horror game. Or everything in it has definitely got more of a horrific, uh, horrific edge to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good game, but um, yeah, it's not even close to as good as Dark Souls 1, so... Do you remember, and you probably will remember, this PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 Nightmare Creatures? Yes. How fucking good were yeah, those games? Yeah. When I see um, the, Dark Souls, the, it's not the same thing. The but memory it, of them is good. <laughs> oh, they were great games at the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying necessarily they will still be. Yeah. I remember playing the demo for it, and I think one of the levels was the graveyard. Yeah. And all I could think about while playing it and killing myself laughing was brain dead. You know, the, yeah, the, the yeah. fucking priest? I kick ass for the Lord! <laughs> Prepare for divine intervention! Not that part <laughs> Oh. Um, yeah, so, so I, I'll keep chipping away at that. But no, aside from that, it's been I'm transcribing an album for someone. I can't tell you who or what it is because the album's not been announced. You don't even tell me. No, you prick. No. I'll play you some after the after the show. Oh, <laughs> cheeky. See, see, I can do that. Um, Spoil. Yeah, uh, you know, weekly guided practice routines, which are going great. Um, making videos, teaching videos again, which is nice. Like being really inspired to do that. Uh, but with those weekly guided practice routines, has come a new like collection of private students as well and guys while i'm happy to teach people can you stop booking lessons please that would be that'd be <laughs> that'd be great i want to do weekly guided practice routines so i can be teaching less not teaching a ton more go and do the weekly guided practice routines you don't need to have lessons <laughs> i mean see in my mind that proves to me just how much you are interested in actually teaching people rather than just taking money from them for mm. lessons the fact that you're saying don't come to me for private lessons where you pay me extra. Yeah. Subscribe to Patreon and get these lessons here and then supplement them if you need to. If you absolutely need to. It's banging. Or, or banging. maybe you don't even need to supplement them. I've got, I know I've got a bunch of emails that I need to go through today, uh, which is people asking questions about the practice routines and asking for advice and things. And like, take advantage of that. Like, I'm, I'm here to help. Why don't you make a video on that and just make it a quick Q&A? And then that way anybody else that's got the questions won't email you. <laughs> But I don't want people to think that I don't want them to email me. I'm fine no. with people emailing me. But my point me. being that these people are asking good questions. They will yeah. be pertinent to anybody that's interested potentially in yeah. the weekly guided practice. Well, you know what it actually is? I think that it's um, I'm trying to be a lot more social with my with my work now. Mm-hmm. Um, like since Melissa's moved in, I've gone to bed with her every night. Um, and I just didn't do that before Melissa was here. I would work until three o'clock in the morning every single morning. Um, 
and I'm out of that mindset. Strange hours. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to do that. But obviously, a lot of my students are in the US, mm-hmm. so an afternoon or evening lesson for them is like midnight here. Yeah, I get and I'm you. finding myself in that position now where I'm like, we need to find a, another time that that is better because I'm just my days of teaching till two in the morning uh, are just behind me now. Yeah. So um, yeah, but can't complain. You know, it's um, it's uh, it's a nice place to be. It's a lovely place to be, and I, and I get to meet some amazing people that are just really passionate about music, and that's all I ever really wanted to be doing in music is just constantly helping and, and having conversations with people that are as passionate about music as I am. So you know, can't, I definitely can't complain. No, that's not complaining very, very that you have. It, but go and check out weekly guided practice routines. Uh, we we do we are going to run the Ormsby ad and the and the Rev ad this week. Um, actually, I tell you what, I'm going to cut that ad short because we need to update the Ormsby side of things. So yes, rather we than do. rather than me doing that this week, I'll do that. I'll, I'll I'll update the ad read next week. We'll just put the Rev part of the ad in. So that's going to sound like this, guys. Did you know? This show is also brought to you by our friends over at Rev Amplification, a one-stop shop for all of your tonal needs. Head on over to their website to check out their range of lunchbox amplifiers, both the D20 and G20, 20 watt amplifiers with built-in two notes torpedo technology so you can record direct into your computer. If that doesn't suit, you can also check out one of their highly popular G2, 3 and 4 pedals, giving you that trademark Rev tone in a stomp box incredible tones i use these myself and finally you may notice in the back of these videos a rev generator 120 an absolute masterclass in modern electric guitar tones check it out at their site now so a big thank you to our friends and family over at rev amplification uh we're going to give ormsby a little bit more of a dedicated plug today because the new uh pre-order runs have gone up this is run 17 as if i'm not fucking skint enough <laughs> uh, yeah that is that is true so uh chris zen signature i mean i, I thought ando's signature was gorgeous i mean it is gorgeous and i thought you know what man he's kind of hit the nail on the head but the fact that there is now a beautiful signature hype, a beautiful signature SX, which is Joe Haley's one that was on the last runs, I believe, and now Chris has got a beautiful signature Goliath. All these bastards have stole all the good shapes. <laughs> yeah. No, they haven't. That's not true. The Metal X is there. Perry, if you're listening, they'll take a new signature on that if you want. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. Anyway, oh, what a great run. And you know what's excellent about this run as well? Lefties are back. Yeah. People can buy some left-handed guitars. Yeah, and it's all Goliaths, isn't it? So, yes. Um, left-handed Goliaths. And uh, it's all fairly exotic um, finishes to some degree. We've got some flame tops. We've got some flame tops with bursts on them. These flame tops it's are interesting because they've got like a white burst tops. around the edge, which really kind of sets them off. It's weird, isn't it? It's and a bit cool. Tops. Um, pine uh, lime and icy cool, I think they're called. Bring some up and take a look. Yes. At these sparkle tops. Obviously, yeah. with these being renders, you don't get the full idea of what they're going to be like. But I can imagine... Given how well I was glitter bombed by Perry, <laughs> yeah, which was nice point, of him. I mean, point. I didn't do myself any favours pouring it over my head, but that's yeah. a different story. But this, I have no doubt, will be fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And to give people uh, an idea on pricing of these, we have uh, them up for, so for a Sparkle Goliath, you could pre order one of these. I mean, we've they have payment plans, of course, so uh, 1000 Australian dollars up front with a total payment price of 2000 Australian dollars. Uh, on average, yeah, nineteen fifty um, for a six string, two thousand for a seven, and twenty fifty for an eight. So, I'm gonna keep saying it, guys. Don't buy multi scale six strings. You just don't need them. But get a lovely multi scale seven string. <laughs> I, I disagree, man. I think yeah. my six strings. Although saying that, I do tune down to B, so I'm kind of yeah. pretending it's a baritone. Yeah, but I've also moved to seven strings since you made me a heathen. And 
you know, you're just like you see the benefit of on the on the seven far more than you do on the six, right? Um, I think what I find the benefit of is now that I've got to grips of it, I don't have to keep switching guitars if I want to play lead stuff or if I want yeah. to play like Megadeth or whatever. Sure. I'm still getting used to having a low B string when I'm trying to play that stuff, especially um, see anything where you've got like string skipping or yep. even just like intricate picking patterns. I'm, I'm shit at it, but I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying. Um, I was playing Binge and Grab Buckethead the other day. Sure. And uh, that's an interesting one to try and play on a seven string. <laughs> Because it constantly jumps between the bottom three strings and then the top three strings. Yeah. And it just kept hitting that low B and get myself angry. <laughs> However, I digress. Yeah. So uh, I've just got the, the green um, flame top with a white burst up. And it's a nice finish. It's Pine nice line, finish. I believe. Yeah, it's a nice finish. Uh, and again, same prices on these. So um, killer deal. Absolutely killer deal. Uh, if you want to check them out, check them out. And I guess I should probably, because um, currency conversion is important, right? Very much so. So we're talking about Aussie dollars, which is Aussie dollar considerably days. weaker than uh, than US dollars. So yeah. if we say two, th- if we say, if this? we say you're not allowed to type, it never works. No, I know. If we say two thousand Australian dollars in US dollars, that is uh, fourteen hundred, uh, just shy of fifteen hundred bucks. So fifteen hundred bucks for an auto custom, uh, not custom. What's the word I'm looking for here? You, unique isn't the right word. Limited edition. Let's go with that. Limit. That's the the right way. Of yes. It. A limited edition Ormsby, uh, and in British pounds, that's uh, just over eleven hundred pounds. So that's a killer price. That's just a killer price. And I can't. You know, we we obviously do the the Ormsby sucking dick thing, um, because we we are sponsored by them. So you have to take everything we say with that with that in mind. Yes. Um, but I just can't. I can't get my head around people that would complain about these types of guitars for that sort of money. Uh, well, you do get people who maybe know the price but don't know the value. But yeah, outside of that, that doesn't really matter. People much. being annoyed that they're getting, uh, you know, uh, an Asian import guitar for that sort of money, and it's like, well, don't buy that guitar then. Yeah, don't buy that guitar. Like, go and buy a go and buy a Kiesel. Go and buy a Sir. Go and go and spend three times that. You know, if if that's what you want to do, go and do that. But you aren't going to get this sort of mon- guitar for this sort of money. Um, Especially with these design specs, like they're they're just great. They're mm-hmm. great designs. Um, that I'm, uh, they're not even my my thing anymore in terms of what I'm playing. Um, I have li- limited use for either of my Ormsby's. Um, but if I want to play rock guitar, then this is a fucking no brainer. It's just a no brainer. I play, I pick them up, and they just they play great. So yeah, what do I know though? I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> aren't we all rock guitar souls? Aren't we? Yeah. Um, the other thing to consider, just when you were talking about bias, you're right. But the the reason that we're sponsored by them is because we love the brand so much. Anyway, yeah. certainly I do. I've I've, I've banged on about it in this podcast yeah. a million times. I am biased, but I'm biased in the sense that I've followed this brand for years and years, yeah. and I am honoured to have yeah. the opportunity to work yeah. with them. So yeah, you were playing them uh, a long time before we had to deal with them. So definitely, and I followed them a long time before I was even considered. Yeah, for anything with them in any sense. So nice that. <laughs> Follow your dreams, kids. Yeah. Uh... I, I'm I've I'm kind of I'm doing really good and it's probably the worst time to put this right after talking about telling you guys about guitars that you can go and buy. Um but I I again I just feel like I'm I'm super on top of the gear thing now. That that craving to buy new gear has just kind of disappeared. No, no. You've satiated it because you bought a cab, another amp, you've done your pedal board up. Uh, there that... there is the potential of saying, yeah, that I have satiated it. Y- yes. Yeah. For now. For now. The the, the quest for tone is never ending. <laughs> It's just uh, random when you're talking about gear and buying gear. 
You, you know how we were talking about your Dalai Lama, the jam pedal? Yes. I saw someone had got a custom enclosure from jam pedals and it was all of their pedals uh, in the, yeah, one they, enclosure. Yeah, they do that. like a, And then they paint each of them as they're meant yeah. to be painted. I was like, what yeah. the fuck is that monstrosity? Yeah. But it was actually really cool. Yeah, it's not even just ones with all of their pedals in you. They can essentially make you a custom analog pedal board mm -hmm. uh, with whatever you want in one enclosure, which is which is a, a, has always been a cool idea. Mm -hmm. I think it is a cool idea. Big time. Um, my only drawback with it is like, well, what if I want something on my board that's not a jam pedal? I don't know why you would feel that way because all of the jam stuff is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, if um, you're going to go to the effort of like ordering that kind of thing, you're probably yeah. fairly well set on this is the signal path yeah. that I want. Yeah, honestly, like thinking about it though, I can actually see myself like that would be wonderful for gigging. So who needs have... a board when you've got one unit yeah. you can just carry? Yeah, I mean, you were talking about a multi-effects unit. <laughs> that is that's always been an option for us. We could just take out a multi-effects unit, but I like my analog effects. I mean, you could probably just take your Kemper out, and that'd be you. Yeah. Uh, which may actually, uh, I'm surprised I didn't pull this up for a story, which may actually be something that I'm going to need to do soon because vacuum tubes are in very, very fucking short supply and it's just got a whole lot fucking worse. Yes, so, Russia and China have fucked up for everybody. Yeah, so um, we'll we'll see. Well, maybe. that's unfair, putting it on them. Yeah, maybe the Kemper is, is the future for me. I it's think it's probably going to be the future for fucking everybody. Yeah, it's powered, so... I'm going to pull the valves up one of my amp and sell them all for a thousand pounds each. <laughs> I'm going to scalp you all. So what you're essentially saying is, whilst you didn't get in early and invest in Bitcoin, you were smarter than those that did that because you invested in vacuum tubes. I invested in an actual fungible token. Nice. Cunts. <laughs> an EFT. Yeah. Uh, nice. So <laughs> let's uh, yeah, let's start the show with with our with our um, our topic of discussion because of course Mike is out on tour soon. Yes. Um, which Very is, much so. Which is nice. And I, I even got the, the deets of some potential upcoming tours as well. Which yes, is... we've, been, we've been offered quite a, a, a banger, which yeah. I'll announce more when we know more. Yeah. Um, but if it goes ahead, it will absolutely be ridiculous for us. It's not just a good opportunity for our band, or for my band and the guys, but um, I, I can't think of any other bands that sound like us that are being offered slots like that. And mm. that's not, maybe I'm completely wrong. I could be talking shit, but I think it's a, given the, the opportunity that it might give us to, to grow our fan base, it could be a, a really good stepping stone. So, yeah. So fingers crossed that comes together. Don't yeah. see why it wouldn't. We got the email from the uh, from our, our booking agents and whatever else, and um, they basically said, you should really consider this before you turn it down. I know you guys say that you can't really do any more gigs for this year. Um, just because of personal commitments, holidays for work, and whatever else. Unfortunately, that's the reality of being a musician. You have to, you have to have two jobs. That that's that. Your real job and being a musician. Yeah. Um, but they were like, we really, really strongly suggest that you don't try and uh, if you can avoid it, don't turn this down. Um, to the point where we were talking about it, and it was like, anyone that can't do it, say so now, so that we can try and get a fill in, even if it's only one or two of us doing it. But yeah. thankfully, that's not the case. Fantastic. So. Uh, so the subject that we're talking about is uh, touring Being and on tour. things that you should take with you on tour. Things you should even just consider. Yeah. Things that you maybe don't put into the frame of mind. And I think maybe this is an interesting conversation. It's actually probably not for our listeners because many of our listeners, a very few of our listeners, will be planning on going on any tours soon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but it's an interesting subject of discussion because I myself am not a touring musician. So when I throw in my answers to this, they're probably going to be very different to the answers that you, you're going to give as someone that has been out and toured and is going out and touring. Um, well, I mean, that's the consideration. There, there could well be things that people say in chat or you say, yeah. and I go, fuck, I didn't even consider that. That'd yeah. have been a great idea. Yeah. Like, there, there are things. Some of mine are a bit stupid. I'm going to be honest. Some of mine are also 
quite practical. Sure. And that's yeah. part and parcel of it. You, you never take everything you're meant to with you. Yeah, I, it I, doesn't happen. I think this is an interesting one as well because it it will show because we didn't we didn't talk about this before the show. We just said let's write our personal lists down. Um, that they could be totally matched, and we could have half as much content to talk about as as we'd like here. I doubt they are because it's going to show a lot about who we are as people. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, I, I can only imagine what you've wrote down if you're saying that it's going to like show your soul. But all right. Well, there are just certain people that you know. If you ask this question, they'd be like. A bag of cocaine. Make sure you take a bag of cocaine. You know what I mean? <laughs> Big bag of cocaine. The bigger the better. <laughs> one giant bag. I'll tell you one thing before we even start this. Um, we picked up a band member who was on tour with us with another band that we were on the road with. We were sharing a van with. And uh, when he got in, he had turned up essentially with a rucksack with his clothes in it, his base, and a big bit of cabbage. No, sorry, it was a head of broccoli. That was it. I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> just just to eat at first I was like fucking hell man that's a big bag of weed and I was like that's not weed he was really strange he also tried to start a fight or nearly started a fight with a random Russian guy in Germany because um, the two of them were steaming and I think he was trying to find a hooker it was just <laughs> oh you know what? Bizarro. initially when you asked me to write this list I was just going to write down money money take money that is take, a big thing you need a contingency and take, we talk about that not even a contingency just take so much money that no problems are, it's impossible for problems to to arise you know what i mean no one has that amount of money of course <laughs> i mean i definitely don't but yeah if you're going away that's what you want to take so um i'm just going to take my official uh my brother's k-mac sign and i'll go away with everything <laughs> yeah uh these hands have touched k-mac touched them for 50 pounds uh so i am gonna start and the number one thing on my list, mm-hmm. this is before I get in, got into the stuff that I thought was actually helpful. Right. Um, all, all of the personal hygiene stuff that you can carry, as much as you can possibly carry for yourself, for your band members. Uh, and the reason I say that is while I haven't been out on a long, extensive tour, I have travel, traveled around and done shows with people um, and tensions can, can be high in situations like that. And, why make them those tensions higher than they need to be? Make the the experience as enjoyable as possible for everyone involved. Yes. Take as much personal hygiene stuff as you can possibly carry. How, how do you feel about that? I think that you are bang on because number one in on my list is wet wipes. For that very reason. There is a term that we use when we're away in tour called tour gooch. And that is when you've been sitting in the car or any vehicle for several hours and you start to get a bit of ball sweat and it becomes soup. And you've got tour gooch. It goes, it goes from from sweat to a paste. Oh, like yeah, the the personal hygiene concerns that you will have for yourself and others. Granted, when you're on the road and you're tired, you don't always have the opportunity for showers and stuff. So things like that make yeah. a big difference. Honestly, small cans of deodorant or roll-on fucking deodorant, yeah. wet wipes, um, extra toothbrushes. I was going to say those wee yeah. daft toothbrushes you get at the service stations, oh, the chewable sure. ones. Those yeah. are fucking banging. Yeah. You can usually get them off of Amazon and bulk yeah. and stuff. So you and I are aligned on that one. Personal yeah. hygiene for your own sanity. Yeah. And I don't mean like hygiene sanity. Is honestly, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. And one that people probably often forget I've not put in my list, but I was thinking about maybe a strange one to carry. Cotton buds. The difference it makes for you, especially if you're putting fucking earphones on or IEMs or whatever every sure. night. Honestly, the difference it makes, it, there, there is no greater feeling than cleaning your ears after having not had the, the opportunity yeah. to clean your ears for a bit. I'm not. That was my number one when I came back for festivals. I'm Shower, not, clean my ears. I'm not a fan of cotton buds. 
No, I mean, uh, if you want to get some fucking oil and do drops or whatever, do that. Yeah. I just mean you, you want to clean your ears. I actually have, um, I have really big problems with my ears and uh, oh, really? and and how much wax they produce. Um, you know, I go, I go, go and see a specialist. Uh, I've been a couple of times, and I'm going to be going again soon. And I go to I'd see a specialist who um, <laughs> I don't have them waxed. Um, that, that, actually, I guess I get mine waxed when I go to the. I barbers, get mine waxed when I go to the because I'm like a hairy old man. Yeah. Uh, and the fear is that's maybe made it made it worse, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so I, I go and have microsuction done, and the amount of wax that that they get off, like they tell me it's like caked around my eardrum, and they're pulling out chunks of wax. Like, I guess the biggest I've seen, yeah, would be about the size of my little fingernail. Wow. Yeah, and and Did the first time I went, pretty bad. Then, the, yeah, like... it gets super compounded, um, and. Uh, some of the stuff they pull out is black because it's, it's, it's been it's, there for so long. It's been there for so long. Well, maybe I'll just take cotton buds off the list because thinking <laughs> about it, that's actually probably encouraging people to use the wrong thing. Yeah, it's entirely possible if you if you really know what you're doing, you can be careful enough that you're pulling stuff out rather than pushing stuff in and compacting stuff down. You're supposed to use but, cotton buds for the outside of your ear anyway. You yeah. never put anything. Yeah, in your ear, and, and that's ultimately where it comes from because uh, I I don't know if it's because of like pull wax in my my ears. Um, but my ears are just constantly itchy, so I'm constantly doing this. Too many ears are itchy. Do bad. they get like irritated and then almost like wet? No, no, mine do. Right. Almost like they're weeping, and that's when I start to have problems. I think sure. it's just psoriasis, to be honest. Right, sure. Um, one other thing to add to the personal hygiene thing: dry shampoo. Honestly, or just shave your head bald. Nah. Tall hair. <laughs> Nature's already doing that for me. <laughs> um, okay, so that was, I guess that counts as one of yours as well. That's that good. was on yeah. your list. Yep. Um, okay, so I'll move on to the next one. Um, from personal experience, mm-hmm. because when you're out on tour um, or when you're out doing shows, any way that you can make money is is helpful, right? And you, mm-hmm. you don't want to have things that stand in the way of that. Pens for signing shit. That's Metallic a- pens and make sure that you've got so many spares that you are never ever short of a, a pen. Just buy some Ingvi signatures. You'd be laughing. <laughs> Those weren't even metallic, were they? they were no, they were black. black. Yeah. I, you know what? That's a really good shout because because the um, I didn't even think to add that to my list, which is something I usually carry quite often: sharpies and some sort of colourful duct tape. Yeah. Because even just for labelling merch and stuff, amazing. Yeah. Or oh, we've sold extra ten of those t-shirts or whatever. Right, box it back up. And then write what's on it, and like, or even t-shirts hanging up. There's nowhere something yeah. really to put your stuff in the venue. Stick it to the t-shirt. I just can't think of a worse situation than somebody coming over to your merch stand uh, to buy an album, uh, or in in our case, re- a record, mm-hmm. and then wanting to sign it for them, and just being like, oh, "You don't happen to have a sharpie? Like we thought we had the sharpie in the in our box, and it's not there." The numbers of times that that's happened to me, or even like. This is probably one of the most surreal experiences of my life. We got to LA the first time we were on tour, um, Five Star Bar, and our record label is based in LA. Yeah. So Carlos, the record label owner, was there. And he came in with a big stack of posters and just went, these are all people that have requested for a signed poster. Can you yeah. sign all these? Yeah. We sat upstairs and went through two or three pens, easy, just signing posters. And yeah. I was like, who the fuck wants our fucking signatures? <laughs> but it was, you know, when you're like, I've yeah. got no problem sitting and doing this. I'll take a dead arm. Yeah. Yeah, no if, bother. If this is going to put a smile on someone's face, it's totally worth it. And Big time. Yeah. The, the reason we got to the US in the first place and got to do something fucking I never thought would ever be possible, despite being part of my dream of even taking up guitar when I was wee, or when I was younger, not wee. Um, you need to put it back, yeah. don't you? Do you know what I mean? And it's great fun. So I think that's a great shout. I didn't even think about that, but that is something that kind of goes within our arsenal anyway. Yeah. Um, but 
definitely worth consideration. So do you want to hear what my number two is? Yes. Disposable or spare boxers and underwear. And I really mean that because going from Tour Gooch, there are times where you might not have the opportunity to just be like, oh, fuck it, wait, wait, you're just going to look at me yeah. cleaning my balls. Yeah. And that shit gets corrosive, especially <laughs> when you're in hot climates. Yeah. When we went through uh, Arizona, it was 42 degrees. <laughs> 42 degrees. I'm not fucking It's the built. worst type of heat as well. It's a dry heat. In that I actually Arizona. find humidity worse. Dry heat, I'm okay. I'll maybe sweat a wee bit. See, when I'm in like humid, like... Malta was 32 when I was there and that was unbelievably disgusting. I couldn't breathe. Do you prefer wet heat then? Well, it's not... I don't, like, I don't like heat in general. Yeah. They're both awful, but dry heat is something that you don't, you don't find yourself exposed to very yes. often. So when you do, it's a very different experience. And uh that i know what you mean when you talk about like uh when you're in a a humid climate yep. uh and that like struggling to breathe type thing where it's just uncomfortable to breathe what i find with uh w with dry heat is it just dries out all of your airways so mm. you know your, your nose is just as dry as it's fucking ever been and i would have took that over the unbelievable levels of sweat that we had when we played in texas and it was super humid and we played in a venue out the back so there was no aircon or anything. It was like this kind of open back porch and then the, the stage was built into the concrete and stuff. And then behind that was like a wee river. It was beautiful. It was really fucking cool, the venue, but it was so hot. Sure. So fucking hot. <laughs> um, yeah, so spare underwear, as daft as that might sound, you will be yeah. so thankful for having even just like, fuck it, I'm going to go to a store when I get to wherever I'm going and I'm going to buy five sets of underwear as spares yeah i was going to put that on my list as my number one but it went with the hygiene thing because it's that same, same, yeah, same vibe thing. like yeah any any time that you can make the experience more enjoyable for everyone it's not even for yourself mm -hmm. if you can be that clatty bastard that is sitting in horrible pants that you haven't changed in two weeks i can be that guy it doesn't bother me in the slightest i can be disgusting but it's not about you it's about the people you're with and it's... you want those people to be doing the same for you yeah especially when we're, we're talking realistically here, right? We're not on tour buses. We're not being carted about on nightliners and looked after with bunk beds and whatever else in a crew. Usually, it's five of us in a car. Yeah. Maybe some of us in the van and another car. But nine times out of ten, you are pretty much in a tin of sardines with all your equipment and these people. You all get uncomfortable. The car gets hot and cold. You sweat a lot. Slevering, fucking sleeping and getting morning breath. Look after yourselves, man. Come on. Uh, Morning breath becomes all day breath. <laughs> oh, man. Just, yeah. there is some, uh, some very questionable situations okay. that I've been in. So let's move on. So I'm going to, now you're going to start to start to see who I am as a person, mm -hmm. right? And why you, I don't take my PSP. Organization is important to me. Uh, a black book with contact numbers in it for everyone. And I don't just mean your bandmates. Mm. I mean fucking everyone that you could possibly need to contact right venues i'm talking if you're staying in hotels hotels if you've got any bookings for any any um, restaurants uh, fucking contact numbers airlines fucking contact numbers for absolutely everyone insurance make sure you've got a fucking contact number because if you have an accident and i've been there in the states myself spun a car off the road and it's like fuck what do we do i don't know who i need to call right now if I have my little black book where it's like, if I have an accident, call this fucking number. Yeah. Contact numbers for everyone because it, when you find yourself in a situation where you need you need to contact someone, you need help, or you need to get information from someone, and you 
don't know who to contact, that again, it's much like the hygiene thing, is just going to add fuel to a fire and it's going to cause arguments between people. Yes. Avoid them all together. Make sure you have a little black book with everybody's con Treat yourself, even if you've got a tour manager, treat yourself like a tour manager. Yes. And I will also tell you, just when you're talking about that, like everybody being stressed and stuff, I consider the boys in the band some of my best friends. We don't often socialise outside of the band stuff, but sure. we see each other once, twice a week and then we're away quite a lot of the time. We got on great. See, when you're on tour, there are times when you will want to punch people and they will want to punch you. <laughs> and there are times where you will have really intense arguments over stupid shit. Yeah. And sometimes you need to just think to yourself, hmm, is this just because things are stressful? Do I need to just back off a wee bit? Yeah. And I would imagine in situations where shit is going wrong, this would be a very good idea. And funnily enough, number three in my list was much, not the same, but similar, is to have a dedicated fallback plan and a credit card. Not money, but having something where you can go, if shit hits the fan, yeah. we can at least get ourselves to somewhere safe, yeah. reasonable, and we've got a way out. Because, worst case scenario, you break down, you're in the middle of nowhere, you don't have any cash on you, you phone for a, a pickup or whatever and they're not willing. If you've got a credit card number, they know they're going to get paid. Yeah, You, you can do yourself massive favours. You're yeah. stuck somewhere, order an Uber. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, when I said money earlier, I didn't mean literally just, cash. Yeah, 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 Making sure having, that you've got access yeah. to to pay for anything that you might need to pay for. You will and for need most people. That's going to be a credit card. That's going to be a, a credit card that you don't intend to use, but it's there in case of emergencies. You will entirely need a backup yeah. plan. First time we went to the states, uh, we had a bit of mishap with the van that was booked. We had a van and a driver set up for the tour. Um, unfortunately, that fell through, so we had to rely on trying to sort out getting a, a higher car and stuff. And that was essentially like a right fuck. Well, who's got a credit card with them? couple of us did, which was good, but it was one of those moments where it was like, what are we supposed to do here? Because it wasn't us that had booked the van originally, it had been sorted for us. Sure. But like a day before we got there, it was like, by the way, that, that's not happening. Yeah. So, you, yeah. when you're in limbo, you want to at least have something that helps you get out of limbo. And if you've got all those contact numbers for everybody. <laughs> I mean, the fallback plan probably fits in very perfectly with that. Yeah. I, I, when you said a little black book, I was like, you know, leave me the big Lothario. Yeah. Take the ring off your thumb, <laughs> you dirty boy. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally got on board with that. Uh, it's a difficult one isn't it because i don't fall into this category but i'm 99.999 percent confident you do and just about everybody else i does uh everybody i know does fall into this mm -hmm. which is um credit cards are an incredibly useful tool that you should have at your disposal whether or not you're using them yes uh credit cards are not the thing that you used them for initially when you got a credit card they are not just access to free money Everybody takes a credit card and they're like, oh, sweet, I can just spend money now. This is awesome. And they fuck themselves for several years because of it. Yes, you learn that lesson. Yeah, I've never done way. it. I've never done it, obviously, because I'm very careful with, with finances. And that's ultimately, right, career and everything aside, mm -hmm. um, and income that I make aside, uh, I have a good enough credit rating that I have uh, two really good credit cards with, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie, eye-watering credit limits on them. I can on, imagine. On both of them. Um, more money than anyone could ever need. Uh, and that is the ultimate peace of mind. It's like, no matter what happens, mm -hmm. no matter what happens, I'll be okay. And I can, if something terrible were to happen mm -hmm. and I needed to mm -hmm. give someone five grand or whatever, it's like, cool, I can track that on one of the cars. It's not an issue. Fast forward three weeks. Levi, come and get me. <laughs> yeah, so make sure my number's in your little black book. Yes. <laughs> I'll just Facebook you. Um, yeah, so, uh, all right, I'll move on. Um, again, showing the sort of person I am, organisation. It feels similar to the other one, but it's not quite. Mm -hmm. uh, a book of research. A book okay. of research 
with everything in there that you might possibly want to or need to know. So this isn't about being able to contact people. Mm-hmm. It's about maybe me being a little bit OCD about things, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing uh, like your your itinerary of where you're going to be and t- how long it takes to get from here to there. Mm-hmm. A list of when you're at, you know, you're at the venue. This is where the venue is. This would be the five nearest restaurants um, because if we need to go and get food again that wandering into the dark and just looking and hoping you can prep all of this stuff in advance you've done that a few times in places that ended up looking very dodgy (laughs) yeah standing outside of burger king where i'm like hmm is this actually open (laughs) just but even if burger king is the way you're going to go like knowing where your nearest burger king is in relation to into every venue that you're going to be at knowing the distance between the the venue and the hotel if you're staying at a hotel or or wherever it is you happen to be staying Mm -hmm. you want to know all of these things because you do (laughs) you do not want to get lost in a foreign country just... here's, here's where you and I differ I generally just go and because other people have booked most of the tours and stuff when I've been on it's just been like right, I've got faith in you and if yeah. shit goes to like to fuck I usually manage to land on my feet so we'll make it work if we need to sure um, yeah that doesn't always work but yeah. we've been incredibly lucky. Yeah, I'm incredibly talking about lucky. it, I guess, from the perspective of, like, I'd be the one organising the tour. Yeah, so you, I mean, you've studied music business as well, so you've yeah. got it in mind that it's just as much about business. In yeah. my mind, it's like, well, I because I haven't been involved uh, involved directly with maybe that bit of business then, I'll leave that to tour manager or whoever whoever's booking it. Um, also helps that we are very DIY, so a lot of the time we're just fucking... Yeah, we'll work it out on the night. Or it's a ten-hour drive, right? Go to bed. <laughs> I guess uh, the other way I think of things is you might find yourself in a situation where you're going out on and doing a tour, and you have a tour manager, but the tour manager's not on the tour with you. You know, like mm-hmm. there's somebody that that's a manager, if you like, that's booked everything and take care of everything, but they're not there. I want to be the guy on the tour that anybody can turn to at any given point and be like, "What's the plan? What are we doing? What's happening?" Mm-hmm. Uh, because I need to be organised like that. It stops me from from panicking and freaking out, knowing that everything is is planned and organised. Knowing is so, half the battle. G I Joe. Yeah, you're right. I think you quoted that last week as well. I quote all the time. <laughs> um, okay, what have you got? Well, this is where you and I are going to split off. I think because I came along the lines of neck pillow and stuff for comfort. You're not a good sleeper. Earplugs. You get travel sickness. Travel sickness meds. You struggle not sleeping without um, things being quiet and dark. An eye mask. A blanket, microfiber towel, things like like genuine comforts because it will make a difference to you. Sometimes you're on ridiculous travels. You haven't had a good sleep because you've slept somewhere shitty or you've been driving through the night and whatever else. You need to split uh, duties. Even if you're not splitting duties, sometimes being cramped in a car kills any vibe of comfort mm. and will make you cranky. So those little comforts, I kid you not, make all the difference to your life quality, yeah. which improves your mood which will probably improve how you interact with people which means you've been a better mood when it comes to the show you'll probably have a lot more energy to actually do that more um, enthusiasm for speaking to people fans other fucking people on the tour you'll be better at dealing with problems just it improves your life quality so sure. much i swear to god yeah that's a horrifying thought to me actually because uh uh neck pillow and things like this i'm not sleeping in front of people i'm just, it's it's not happening I was mocked relentlessly by an air steward for snoring myself awake on a flight. <laughs> I've done I, that many times. I for that for the majority of that first tour in America, I just kept doing this. Yeah. <laughs> I felt <laughs> pure panic yeah. and the air hostess came up and just went <laughs> and I was like, Okay then 
yeah. it was funny but at the same time yeah. I'm like oh, okay thanks yeah. well, I'm glad I'm the butt of the joke it's a weird one for me actually because like I think uh, maybe I have an issue around sleeping uh, and trust of other people in general mm-hmm. not that anything bad has happened to me when I sleep but when you're sleeping you are at your most vulnerable right so I, I, I no thank you I'm not sleeping in public um, that's, that's, that's not happening um, I've slept in the bus station at London <laughs> I also fell asleep sitting up and fell off the seat and landed head first on the ground <laughs> on the tile floor because I was trying to sleep like this. <laughs> uh, where else have I slept? Yeah. And the, well, the other thing is um, I, I, I snore and I really snore. So, and if you want to get like on, pedal lawnmower. If yeah, if you want to get on with your your bandmates, you know, don't be the one that uh, ruins everybody's sleep because you snore. If I was out on tour, right? If if and this ain't happening anytime soon. Uh, if you needed an emergency depth guitar that, player though. for Party Cannon uh, for your America tour, and I could play the Party Cannon stuff, right? I'd absolutely come out to America and tour with you. Not a problem. But referring to those previous credit cards, I would have a hotel at every single place we stopped at. And it wouldn't matter that the tour ended up costing me five grand. It would be you worth it. That. It would be worth it for everyone else's sanity. I mean, I don't know as much. I will, from personal experience, that the comments that have been made to me, I'm pretty bad snoring. Pretty bad for snoring, to be honest. A lot of the times we've come back for tour, Stoney has said things like, I can't get to sleep because I'm not used to not hearing Mike snoring anymore. <laughs> oh, swear to God, like he's <laughs> more than once he's been like, I, I, I'm, I'm so used to hearing it now that I can't switch off. That's, um, you, you get incredibly comfortable with the people that you're in a band with if it's people you've toured with quite a lot. Sure. You go from being kind of reserved to not caring if you see their cock and balls, not caring if they shit their guts out somewhere. Like, you just get used to it. You oh, get used yeah. to people's smells. You do? Fine. Not in a good way, but you do. Uh, all right, on to my last one. The wonderful thing about being human is you can acclimatise to almost anything. We are incredibly resilient. We're very resilient. I put this one on here just as a last desperation thing, um, but actually it kind of falls in line with something you said to me when I went out to do the, I think it was the Edinburgh Edinburgh show that we had, uh, where you were like, take extra cables. Yes. Take extra cables. Take extra cables. Always take spare. Take extra cables. I took spare cables to that Edinburgh gig, even though I, uh, I mean, I, I, I did poo-poo your idea of taking a spare strap. I, I don't need to take a spare strap, but take spare cables, uh, because at that Edinburgh gig, uh, two, two of my three cables Shout crapped out. out on me. Two of my three cables crapped out on me. As soon as I said it to you, I knew yeah. something was going to yeah. go wrong. They both worked, but there must have been an issue with the shielding in them because they were just humming like fuck. Um, and fortunately the sound guy had a spare cable and mm. he, he tested that and he was like yeah there's a shielding issue with that cable and I'm like That's oh strange. yeah fan- fantastic sweet so now I know that buy more cables make sure you have more cables lots and lots of cables have cables the, the odds two spares is usually enough yeah. but you're right and it's not just for yourself because guitar cables are good signal cables you might find that shit the bass player's cable's not working there you go other guitarist Something for the drummer sampler or like any other yeah. instrument, anything that's got a fucking jack on the end, yeah. you will you will pay dividends. Yeah, for having it. If you've got the skills for it, uh, I don't know what it's like in terms of transporting this because it might be a weapon. Um, but I, I yeah, I would, I would literally maybe if I was going to the states, I would go to a local electronics store and pick up a solder and iron to have in the van. So if you're able to solder cables, if you're able able to solder, you could be a lifesaver in a, a, on a tour. It is a situation like that. It's yeah. like oh, this cable's crapping out on me. Cool, we're gonna cut ten centimeters off the end of it. Uh, Find out which side's fucked and just fix it. And I'm just gonna yeah. take the take the end off and resolder it on, and, and you know hopefully that will solve the problem. Well, well, I've got a wee toolkit with me. Um, 
when we got our lands in the case and stuff. Um, but you're right, and it, you don't have to buy an electric one either. The battery powered ones are shit. Yeah. Plug in ones are the best, but trying to find a power outlet when you're on the road isn't exactly perfect, unless sure. you're actually in a tour bus or a like yeah. a, a sprinter or whatever that's set up as a splitter. So my recommendation to that, as you say, is very, that's a great idea. You can get gas solar bolts, and they are tremendous. You just fill them up with lighter fluid. Oh, okay. I've got one of those in the house, and it's well, brilliant. Nice. Make cables. Don't fuck about. Yeah. On. Am I right in saying you have one more, or is, was that us? I've got two more. Two more. I one, I did one at the end just as a wee bonus, right? So my, my last one was, and you obviously said everything about like personal hygiene and stuff. Cannot stress this enough. Painkillers, anti-allergy relief tablets, anti-sickness tablets, and anti-diarrhea tablets. <laughs> I mean it, right? And I mean most importantly, you're going to be hungover at one point on tour, or you're going to be fucked at one point on tour with sore heads and shit. The longer you can stave off being unwell, the better. Allergy relief, just depends where you're at. Somebody takes a bad reaction, at least that way you've got antihistamines on you. Um, travel sickness, it can happen to MD. It's worth it. And anti-diarrhea tablets, because at one point on the tour, you're going to eat something that's not going to agree with you, especially if you're in a foreign country. Yeah. Especially if you're in a foreign country. So, I, On that note, I saw, um, I forget the name of the band because it wasn't relevant, but I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw uh, a band had posted a status saying... Um, don't worry guys we are playing the show tonight uh but we're all so hung over that we won't be selling merch after the show just so just so you're aware and it's like how incompetent do you have to be how much of a joke do you have to treat the business that you're in that you get so drunk that you're unable to do the thing that makes you money i think even the other consideration in that point would be then if you are expected to to not have time to dedicate to selling your merch we I wouldn't say we struggle with it but we Chris does the majority of it and then we'll take turns when he's kind of not that um, man in the, the merch table get somebody else on tour to do it with you yeah. get somebody at the venue to do it and pay them Yeah. buy them a couple of drinks or whatever Like they yeah. might even be happy just to do it other bands might even help out yeah. seen that a million times where like we're on stage can you watch your merch yeah. no problem you got a price list there yes no yeah. bother it's a just... lot of bands you, you can trust because they're the same situation as you are yeah don't get yourself so fucked up you can't actually commit to doing the right thing. Don't, don't get fuck. so fucked up that you can't do your job. Yes. If you get so fucked up that you can't do the thing that makes you money, you've got a drinking problem. Yeah. And drinking Ma- problems creep up on pre- people, you know? Especially on tour, because yeah. every venue will have, whether you've got food or not, you're probably going to get a couple of beers. Yeah. A lot of the time they'll be like, there's beer tokens. Here, there's fucking four beers or whatever. Yeah. Which is okay in moderation but when you've got maybe 17 or 18 nights in a row and you're just drinking beers and drinking beers it does catch up with you and you do not feel good for it Um, my last one which was the one I thought about just when I'd finished my list is a reasonable power bank you have no idea how handy it would be to have the opportunity to charge at least one phone or one device in a pickle especially when you're on the road because you could be miles Miles from civilization. We drove through the Nevada desert. You've been through the desert. You know what fucking Route 66 and shit is like. Mm. You can drive through that for hours and see fuck all. Yeah. Absolutely fuck all. No service stations. Nobody to pull in and get something. You can go for a piss. Yeah. Nothing. You run out of battery and you don't have a charger with you. How are you going to call people in your little black book if you've not got charge? So yeah, that's solid. I don't even know. I don't own a power bank anymore, actually. Um, I've got a twenty thousand milliamp one that is absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say it's like, like a laptop just, battery. That's a good shout. So got uh, one more. Actually, funnily enough, I got that one when I went to America the first time. So that's lasted me seven, eight years now, hmm. and it still works. The only thing that's wrong with it is one of the LEDs for the power 
level doesn't work, which made me think it didn't work until I charged it. <laughs> um, oh, my last one's going to be, it doesn't yeah. matter. Fuck That's it. fine, we've been talking for long enough. Oh, no, it was, sorry, I remember exactly, it was a 30, an Nokia 3210, because the worst <laughs> comes to worst, you can defend yourself <laughs> with it, and it will last forever. I like that, yeah, okay. Um, cool, so... Roadblock! <laughs> Roads open. Good subject of conversation there. We're going to power through these news stories. Just uh, before we do... I want to hear what your thoughts are. Well, that's are. what I was going to say. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> let, me, let me finish, asshole. Uh, we're going to power through these news stories, but hopefully we think that you, uh, hopefully you enjoyed that us talking about a subject. Uh, we want to hear what the, you have to say about that, so please do write in and let us know things that you think that maybe we left off of that, gtolsfanmail at gmail.com. But also, if you have topics of conversation for us, write fucking in. We're happy to have a conversation about stuff. In fact, this show is really fucking hard to do without your input, guys. So help. Please help us. And I mean, the other thing they could maybe say is, um, or maybe even ask is, if you're going to send us content, you could even ask us stupid questions like, "What's the daftest situation you've ever been in? Where's the, what's the worst place you've stayed? What's the what's the worst thing that's happened to you on tour? Like, there's, there's or, or when you've been gigging, there's loads of stories I've got that don't involve touring, and you'll have loads of stories as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've had more a life. Than, yeah, more than you really want to let on, I think at times, yeah. and the stuff that you forget. I think that the the reality of the situation is why I'm not straight edge by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm very professional about things now, mm-hmm. and it's because I've I've had a chaotic life, um, and I've done stupid and crazy shit, uh, and if I carried on doing that, I wouldn't, I'd be in a very different fucking place now. Mm-hmm. Um, th- uh, yeah, I've done all the chaos and stopped myself short of of going down that path of being an alcoholic, you know. So, um, yeah, I've definitely got stories. There's wisdom in that as well, though, yeah. because you have the life experience yeah. and you can turn around and say, I have done it. Yeah. I certainly can't glorify it yeah, because I moved away from that. That's what teaching is, like giving advice to people. Uh, it's based on your experience. I had someone on, on YouTube. Levi Pedagogy. I had someone comment on my, my last video saying, have you ever noticed, Levi, that all you seem to do is uh, tell people not to do the things that you did at music school when you got your degree? That's wisdom. Yeah, and I'm like, learn my mistakes and don't have them no yourself. Shit. Oh no, you, you know what, guy, you're absolutely right. I won't tell people don't put your hand in that fire because you'll burn yourself horribly. Trust me, I burnt my hand. I'll just let them. They've got to do it themselves and learn it. That's what teaching is. It's about helping people with, you know, correcting the things, mistakes that I might, might make based on the experience that you have. Mm-hmm. And no teaching is is uh, set in stone. Teaching is all just someone's opinion. It's it's you know an educator's uh, opinion, yes. and they could be right, they could be wrong. Like I'm not going to say that anything I say is right or anything I say is wrong, but it is honest. Yes, it's anecdotal, but that doesn't discard yeah. it. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe I I took that comment in a different light than you did then, because just as I feel a bit annoyed that somebody would say that, I took it more as in like this person is saying you realise that you're putting value into the world trying to help everybody with everything that you do yeah no so uh, I mean I'm not quoting him verbatim but it was no, but it felt very apparent that he was um, he was taking and taking this like you're a hypocrite oh, okay. Okay. Like, you did all of these things I so why shouldn't I yeah you went to music want. school and like they taught this stuff in music school so like who are you to say it's wrong it's like someone with a lot more experience than you <laughs> someone who uh, you might have been very lucky and had the experience that everything you were taught in music school actually is the case in which case you are very yeah. blessed yeah not everybody gets to go on a tour where it's right. Cool, we've got a tour manager who's dealing with everything. You'll definitely get paid. The guarantees are already sorted. Travel's already sorted. There's a peer DM for you. You're always going to have somebody to stay because that's not the real world yeah. for most people. Yeah. Or another way of putting it is, who who am I? Uh, I went to music school. Yeah, sure, fine. Um, someone that's more successful than, than almost everybody else I went to music school with. Now, we all had the same education. We were all told the same things, taught the same things. Mm-hmm. So why am I different? Why am I different? 
You're I, just I, built different, and I, you moved to Scotland. I wasn't born with opportunity. No, you, know? you weren't. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't born with like people throwing things at me. I wasn't born with any fucking talent. I didn't pick up music until I was fourteen. Um, you know, and and came out of absolute poverty in order to do it. Like, and so you're what, a grafter, and anybody that knows you, yeah. even people that don't know you personally, that know you professionally through YouTube and stuff, they, they've got to know that you don't ever fucking stop. The grafter and the asshole. Um, right, you're exactly both of those things, and I love you for it, brother. <clears throat> New stories, yes. Uh, massive 32 box set ex- uh, exposures celebrates Robert Fripp's solo work from 1977 to 1983. Can't wait to never listen to any Robert Fripp stuff. Yeah, I found this really interesting, not because I'm interested in the box set itself, but some of this posted in the Discord server, and then I threw some comments about Robert Fripp, and one of the things that I said about him was, "Do you think it annoys Robert Fripp that he is currently the most relevant he's ever been in his entire career, and it's because of his wife's nat- his wife's what's the let's go with Tatty Bojangles? It's his wife's Tatty Bojangles. That is why he's relevant currently. Toya, yeah, Harding, yeah. Um, Those are very strange videos. I mean, fair enough, fair play to them, man. They're obviously having fun. They're playing the game, you know. They're playing the game. A, a big time, music. Um, big time. And I'm glad. It, I am glad it's working for him, but also at the same time, like you're sitting and releasing re-releasing stuff from 1977 to 1983 you are at your most relevant in 2022 um and people some people maybe some people that listen to the show are going to disagree with me on that one um but i found it very interesting when when i made these scathing comments on discord uh nobody disagreed with me i was expecting people to want to fight me on that one but it seems that all of robert fripp's fans are dead or they're just not on the Discord server. <laughs> I always found it really, really strange. I never understood it. Never understood these plans. None I, of it ever got me. I, I mean, I'm I'm not much of a prog guy, to be fair, so I, I am probably very limited in what I say, but what my point was going to be, G3 was quite a popular tour for a lot yeah. of people, right? That, oh, fuck Satriani and Vi. Who are they going to get this year? Oh, Ingvi, right? Fucking minted. And then all these, like, virtuoso shredders, and then one year it's Robert Fripp. Yeah. And he's just making loads of echo noises. Yeah. I wasn't there. Sitting down as well. Yeah, but I heard people just saying, like, what a mismatch yeah no disrespect to him I mean you, you need to give him credit for his he's obviously had a massive impact on a lot of musicians and a lot of current music don't even know if that's the case to be honest but he's still a household name when people were talking about him on the discord server like have, has anyone actually sat and listened to it in the court of the crimson king um someone like the the funniest one was someone said uh yes actually I have I can honestly say that I have I don't remember any of it. I've listened to it at least twice, uh, and I was high as balls both times. And like this is this is where this entire thing is uh, average prog enjoyer. Yeah, and I just meh. So there you go. I'm going to shit all over Robert Fripp. Doesn't interest me in the slightest. Same, but the price isn't listed on here. But I have checked the price. So exposures is uh, being released on May 27th. Contains 24 CDs, four DVDs, and four Blu-rays, both of which are only audio. Um, the ninth in a series of boxes. Why would you release a DVD and a Blu-ray and audio only for uh, like five point one and seven point one around town? You don't just put that on a normal CD. Or does it have to be on something bigger? Is it because of the media? I think I think the the sheer amount of size of the, of files like that seven point one around. When you think about it, like the only people, I write chappers. If you have like if you have uh, Devon Townsend, like he's done some of the stuff in yeah. in seven point one, um, and it's always on Blu-ray because uh. it's huge data. I would imagine. Ah, uh, okay, fair enough. Especially if it's like flak files or like. Maybe not lossless, but a way up yeah. there in terms of high quality. Fair yeah. enough, high. Okay. Uh, so, Exposure is the largest set in the series, uh, one of the most comprehensive box sets devoted to a single period of an artist's career. Something's got my eye here. Go on. It features the Stephen Wilson mixes yes. of Fripp's albums. Yeah. Uh, Pardon me. 
Yeah, and there's 5.1, 24-bit, 96 kilohertz high-res stereo audio on the Blu-ray. Um, yeah, doesn't appeal to me in the slightest, but put a price on it. Those of you in the comment section, how much? How much? $250, yeah. which is near need a bit. This is going to be 24 CDs, 4 DVDs, 4 Blu-rays. So a 32-disc set. No vinyl. No vinyl. Uh, am I anywhere near at $250? $250. Um, you might be spot on there. Let me do the currency conversion. Oh! And this is just giving people the chance to, to type their answers in the comments. Yes. So you're going with $250, yeah? Uh, that was my guess. Oh, you're you're about spot on there. Oh, you are. About oh, spot on. so where is it? Oh, there it is. So you're a little bit over. Um, Not a bad guess, to be fair. One hundred and sixty pounds. I mean, for thirty-two discs, if you're a big Robert Fripp or King Crimson fan, it's not unreasonable. Um. It's a lot of money. I'm not yeah. saying it's it's not a lot of money, but it's not fucking seven hundred and fifty quid for four LPs. It's just, I guess maybe One the, album. Way, the way I look at things like this is CDs uh, are so devalued, and I don't mean just in terms of the music that's contained within them. We know it's an incredibly cheap medium to produce on. So, but it's not just the, the print of the CDs. I think that is the point here: the fact that you've got different mixes and yeah. different versions of albums and that's the kind of thing that people who are into prog generally lap up yeah. with no disrespect to them that they want those different experiences of I prefer that version yeah. but it's the same as any kind of I don't want to say purist but enthusiast when it comes to any music plenty of people in death metal that are like oh I prefer the version with this colour of a uh, fucking album cover to this one because it's a better mix and blah 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 you know what I mean it is £5 a disc that's so. not bad come on um, all Especially right. when you can factor in that some of those are actually DVDs and Blu-rays, which aren't as cheap to build. But <clears throat> you're totally right. When you look at that and you go, it's £5 a disc. £5 a disc is actually pretty good value for money. Unless we can talk about the quality of the content on the discs. Because to me, it would be like saying, well, here's all of Buckethead's discography. You can buy it for £5 a disc. No, thank you. you know? <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, you would, regardless of whether you wanted to buy it or not, that still cost a lot of money, yeah. considering how much there is. Yeah. So I get your point, right? Yeah. But... Um, definitely Aye. on the on the steep side, but you know he uh, he knows what his audience will pay. I'm Aye. sure I'm sure they'll pay it. So uh, if you're a big silly pro kid, you might enjoy that. So uh, yeah, I won't. Uh, okay, so the Les Paul Foundation brought yeah. up again. This, is, this was only about six days ago, so this would have been the first of March. Um, the Les Paul Foundation appoints Slash, Joan Jett, Niall Rogers and more to the new Advisory Council. The Star-Studded Advisory Council will help steer the direction of the Foundation's missions in music education, engineering and hearing health. Hearing health an interesting one because I don't think we talk about it nearly enough as to how many of us are probably partially deaf from the stupid things that we did when we were younger and maybe continue to do. For example, I was deaf in one year for nearly two days after playing a gig not that long ago where I decided to stand next to Martin right next to his cymbals and then went, I'll just take my ear protectors out. His crash and his ride cymbal yeah. ringing in this ear fucked me for two days. Yeah. Two full days. I'm uh, I'm in a strange place with ear protection. You got IEMs and you won't wear them. I'd love to wear them. I'd love to wear them, but just generally speaking, we're not playing shows big enough for IEMs to be to be viable most of the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even have a fucking monitor when I'm playing in Butterfly and Pig. You don't need one. You've got a cab. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Can I, you hear yourself? Turn it up. Fuck yeah. the sound guy. <laughs> Fuck the rest of the band. There's not even a fucking sound guy. Fuck the rest of the band then. Yeah. 
So I'd like to be able to hear myself and protect my ears at the same time, but it's, it's not an option. And I can't hear myself well anyway. Yep. So putting in just my ear protectors would be suicide. I'd, I'd hear literally nothing. The, the thing about like hearing protection is you need to have it in for a good time before you even going for your sound check and stuff so your ears start to acclimatise. Yeah. Because the, and this is just a top tip that I, of my personal anecdotal experience. If you jump on stage, set your levels, get your guitar sounding good, get the sound man to start putting things through and you're happy with levels and stuff and then you put earphones or plugs in or whatever, the the, the dynamic on stage changes entirely. Yeah. Where you're standing will have everything sounding completely different. Sure. When you move, things will be different. If you take one ear plug out, you don't put it in the right way, it'll sound completely different. So make sure you're comfortable before you start any of that so that you are well aware of what you're going to get. Anyway, Let's move on to this. So the Les Paul Foundation has formed a new advisory council to help deliver its goals in furthering music education, engineering and hearing health. The advisory council compromises a number of high-profile figures from across the music industry, including six-string superstars, just say guitarists, Slash, Neil Rogers, Joan Jett, Peter Frampton and Richie Sambora. Some fairly big names who've done a lot. A lot. The foundations which are set up to honour Les Paul's legacy is behind a number of charitable initiatives and to date has awarded over $4 million to non-profit organisations. Good to see them doing some good. And I mean, fairly high profile names as well. So the quote is, uh, The individuals who have joined the Les Paul Foundation Advisory Council are a prestigious and influential group of music industry artists, educators, executives and friends. Um, this was Bronstein. I'm assuming someday Bronstein has something to do with it. Um, potentially the... Another CEO. Um, the names we announced today are a fitting tribute to Les. We look forward to their ideas and are thankful for their commitment to helping us share the historic legacy of such a great man, our friend Les Paul. How do? That's pretty cool. Um, Power and Ford Spotify plans to change playlist rules after band released album with a thousand thirty-second songs. We set the rules. Play the game. No, don't play it that way. We're changing the rules. <laughs> this is the second time that Spotify have done this. If you remember, the first time was because um, Wolfpack had an album called Sleepify. Yeah where it was a silent album and all they asked was just play the album in loop so we get paid and then they went well you can't have silent albums but I mean that's kind of fair but well done to Spotify for gaming them of I think it was about nine grand yeah. and they used that for one of their tours musicians are always going to try and play the game fact is it's going to be a, we're never going to get things the way that we want it yeah. even if we try and play the game yeah. so um as reported earlier this month on Ultimate Guitar, an English band called The Pocket Gods have decided to record and release uh, an album with a thousand songs, each about 30 seconds in length. The band was inspired by grind bands. Come on. Uh, <laughs> uh, inspired by a 2015 article from The Independent written by music professor Mike Errico. The report explained if a single Spotify stream is accounted for if 30 seconds of a track is played. So you will get your royalties payment if somebody only listens to 30 seconds of it uh, the group's frontman Mark Christopher Lee was inspired by the idea with the band releasing their new protest album titled A Thousand Times Thirty nobody makes money anymore good name for an album yeah. probably not a great name for an album if you're going to put it onto Spotify and then expect them not to pick up on it you know kind of, kind of giving the game away there so he explained I saw the article and it made me think why write longer songs when we get paid little enough for just 30 um, we wrote and recorded a thousand songs, each a shade over 30 seconds long for the album. The longest is 36 seconds. It's designed to raise awareness about the campaign for fair royalty rates. There's a, you know, definitely an interesting discussion to be had there because it's like, okay, so Dream Theater writing and releasing a song that's 40 minutes long. You're, you're telling me that if you sit and listen to that 40 minutes, they will get paid X amount. But if they took that 40 minute song and split it up into 12 tracks, they get paid 12 times as much money for you listening to the same amount of music. Complicated one, obviously, but... Yeah, because 
why should artistic views and composition of a song have to consider what you're going to get paid? Does that deviate from the, the whole point of it being art? Or is it smart music business over art? Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like I'm kind of posing that as a question. Like, What's more important? Getting paid or having your art the way you want it to be? For a band the size of Dream Theater, I don't think they would be too concerned about how much money they're getting. I in. would. I would, even if you're making a lot of money. Yeah, but to you look know at it I mean. and be like, hang on, you're telling me that you're paying me X amount and I could be making 12 times as much for putting not even gaps in the songs mm -hmm. because the tracks can just fade into each other. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'm, I, I, I totally agree with you in that regard. Yeah. Uh, between the Buried Me, quite a few of their albums, everything leads into each other or there's four or five tracks yeah. that are consecutive and it's exactly that. It's when it changes into whatever next section it is that's going to lead into the next song sure. or call it a segue or whatever, it's set and the uh, metadata that it doesn't pause, it yeah. just moves straight to the next track. Yeah. So you wouldn't know if you were listening and not paying attention. Yeah. Um, so according to a new report by iNews, the band had got attention of Spotify who are now calling for peace talks. Fuck up, Daniel Ek, yeah. and whoever else is involved. What a lot of shite. So the streaming giant CEO, Daniel Ek, has allegedly reached out to Mark Christopher Lee, inviting him to a meeting with the company representatives. What, are they going to come back and say, listen, we can't afford to pay you for your thousand tracks. You're just going to take like the, the, the usual wiggy people, which is 16 pence for a million, <laughs> a million listens. Like, peace talks. Yeah. I mean, if your peace talks are that you go, I fear enough, you made your point, let's pay people more money yeah. so that I can't take any of it. Which has never got to happen because it's a private business. There haven't been any additional details shared on the matter, although this is a developing situation. We'll keep you up to date when new information emerges. This is on Ultimate Guitar. Yeah. The report further adds the album has accumulated around 600,000 streams in total. As of this writing, the most streamed song on the record is the track number 10 titled Noel Gallagher is Jealous of My Studio. By the way, this could easily, easily be a grind album. Because look at the song titles. How many friends have you bought in your unsigned bands? Uh, to be or not to be, I'm in with the SoundCloud. Two noble kinsmen. Johnny Ramone joins the Beatles. Noel Gallagher is jealous of my studio. Mojo, 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 why don't you go and review this album instead of another? It's just, uh, 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 this is mental. It reminds me of a, was it Mighty Mighty Boss Tones that did the music for fucking Malcolm in the Middle? I'm trying to find out what the name of this song actually is. Mojo, go. Mojo, why don't you go and review this album instead of another EM blowjob? Blowjob. Blow Joe, sorry, I <laughs> I want to be the new Ed Sheeran. Yeah. YouTuber fleecing you, my royalty statement. Uh, so um I, I like the uh, the punk vibe. There's an interesting you know, they're they're making an interesting point and that is a difficult one for Spotify here because there are no peace talks to be had on this one. You have set the goalposts. Daniel Eck has even gone on record as, as saying that the future of music is shorter songs. Okay. But so, won't pay you for those shorter songs. So that's been taken to its extreme. The only the the risk here is this actually fucks artists further because Spotify could put a system in place where you need to listen to more than thirty seconds of a song in order for it to count as a, a stream. That's probably where the piece talk is going to go. Double up to a minute. At the um, end of the day, it's the business is always going to look after the business needs. Yeah, um, but yeah. Th that that just adds into the, the the full fucking conversation. The problem is that. From the ground up, it needs to be rebuilt. Yeah. It's not fair for musicians. Yeah. And that's just as much musicians' folks as it is the structure yeah. around about that. It's, it's, a, it's a difficult one for me because I obviously I've spent a lot of time on the podcast not defending Spotify, but saying, guys, you have to understand business from a wider perspective rather than just the, the narrow view of this is the musician's viewpoint on, viewpoint on this. Mm -hmm. And I'm always pointing the finger at the consumer. Um, 
so it's, it's less that I'm defending Spotify. It's, it's, it's saying the consumer needs as much fucking uh, of a boot up their ass here as Spotify does because Spotify can only share out the money that they get coming in and the consumer just won't fucking pay for music. Uh, anyway, I won't go, go down that rant again. But, Sorry. <laughs> yeah. P- point is, in this scenario, it's like I, I can't defend Spotify in this one and I can't defend the consumer. I can't divert attention towards the consumer because this is actually fuck all to do with the consumer this is 100% Spotify you made the fucking rules this is what your rules literally encourage people to do and then when people do it you don't like it Like it's always the same though you, the, the rules are set almost like a tacit agreement you want to use this platform you have to use these rules yeah. somebody else plays by those rules and then it gets fucked and it's not because the consumer has fucked it for everybody it's because that company just won't play the game I'm going to give you a super quick quote. David Crosby tells young people, don't become a musician. Uh, David thanks, Crosby can... thanks, mate. I'm glad that you've made your life on all that money. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, man, like... He actually looks... Me, isn't he? <laughs> no, it's uh, Revolver Ocelot. He looks like Revolver, or he looks like Old Snake. Tell yeah. me he doesn't. <laughs> Tell me he doesn't. I mean, he's got Revolver Ocelot's moustache. He, he, he looks like an actual testicle there, so... You know what it looks like? He looks like one of those Facebook... Uh, sorry, like a uh, spot... Uh, can help snapchat filters but it makes you look old yeah doesn't it like this is actually a young man in makeup that's fucking johnny knoxville it's bad grandpa look at bad grandpa too confirmed like oh uh, yeah so i just fuck this guy he's he's right he makes a point about like don't don't become a musician um but he's i don't even need to read what he has said and i know it makes me sound like a fucking idiot i'm not even re- willing to read what he has to say he's just gonna point the finger at, at all the wrong yeah, old oh, snake. yeah fair point old snake yeah other than the fact that his yeah. hairline starts here yeah. and snakes is here yeah he's just gonna point the finger at spotify and old take man, no issue with cloud. the consumer and it's like motherfucker I, i'm pretty sure when we read it his, his quote was actually pretty good but i'll go through it oh, go on then <sighs> maybe not all right sorry to interrupt you um <laughs> So, his quote essentially is, he's talking about Spotify, I think Joe Rogan is uh, not real impressive. I mean, he gets more listeners than you do. Carry on. Uh, yeah, there's a reason why I get paid 100 million to be on Spotify. It's actually, more reports have come out on that, and apparently it was closer to 200. Ooh, I mean, fair play to Joe. Yeah. Um, but I think he's a right to spew his garbage. He's a right to do it. I think Spotify's a right to put him up there. I absolutely will fight for the right to do that. I have a right to not be associated with it. I told a friend this morning, listen man, if I was selling my records in a marketplace, I don't want to be selling them next to some spoiled meat. That's why I don't want to be in the same platform as Joe Rogan. He's calling people the N-word all the time. He's talking about women as if they're a mouth and a pair of tits. That's... He doesn't really represent me at all. As a man that's obviously never listened to Joe Rogan. Yeah, I know. He's calling people the N-word all the time. Interesting. So I don't want to be there with him. But you were okay being on there with all of the rappers. <laughs> or even like uh, David Allen Coe. Yeah. Uh, that's all I said. I said I'm removing me. I'm not trying to censor him or you. That's, of course, the first thing that all his fans said. This is censorship. You used to be a hippie. I still am. Still have the exact same sets of values. I just don't want to be associated with that guy. <laughs> and yet here you are talking about him in the news. But the, the further quote, yeah. when he talks about actually about like being a musician. Uh, so, I mean, this, this is a probably a better quote, to be honest. This I'm talking about Spotify rather than yeah. focusing on Joe Rogan, who's somehow became some sort of focal scapegoat for yeah. anything that Spotify has done wrong. Yeah. Um, so David continues to say, I don't like Spotify. I don't like any of the streamers because they don't pay us properly. The proportion is wrong. They're making billions with a B and they're paying out pennies with a P. That's not okay. It's not okay that it took half away ha- it took away half my income and it's not okay in that especially it makes it impossibly difficult for young people to make it in this business. It doesn't pay them anything. It's wrong. I don't like Spotify on purpose because of that. 
I don't like their quality level either. They bum up the signal pretty badly. But they and all the other streaming services are ripping us off. They're quite happy with it. They have no intention of changing it. I mean, that's not necessarily unfair to say. Like, at the end of the day, you, you, you're you only paying a small amount of money per month for unlimited streams. Of course they're going to be limited in quality. If yeah. you want the highest quality, go buy the CD. Yeah. Get flat files. I, Sign I, up to a... a, a, a is it... Um, what, what, there's one of them that does really high quality. Is it Amazon? Tidal. T I think Tidal... All of their stuff is really high quality, but I'm sure with Amazon you can pay extra and you get like oh, a premium right, okay. service and they'll stream it like 24 slash 96 and almost flack. Um, Crosby is complaining again that he signed up to have his music as part of a buffet and people aren't playing restaurant prices anymore. I mean, but, uh, I know. I get what you're saying. <laughs> I don't think it was his intention that the, the market would go this way and yeah. I don't think he probably had much of a sway in it. I, if you want to continue to make money I, again going back to it being a tacit agreement sign up or don't you're going to lose out regardless i'm just going to keep coming back to that really interesting um i forget who who said it now but and and it you can go back and watch that episode and see me actually have my mind changed on the podcast mm -hmm. but how that period that that he's talking about here wasn't the norm it was a blip in the industry for for musicians to make as much money as they did back time we were we were in that that well, we were they were in a perfect time where they were able to maximally maximally exploit uh the their product and they could sell it for an, a ridiculous amount of money to people and people would pay it because they were over a, they were essentially over a barrel like you know if i want to consume music this is the only way i have to do it this is what i have to pay mm -hmm. and now the internet just changes all of that, and it applies not just to music. It applies to everything. It applies to mm -hmm. to writers who write books. It applies to photographers. Like it's just the internet changes everything. It does. And we we go on the show, or at least I certainly make a point of like saying we need to put a lot of fault on consumers when it comes to this. Um, we are only ever talking about music. I wouldn't even entertain trying to go down the route of trying to c tell the average consumer that you can't just go on Google find a picture that you like take it and post it on your facebook that's theft that's copyright infringement you don't own that photo you can't just take photos and share them you can't and but i do it all the time we all do it we do it, and it's because there's no there's no getting the horse back in the stable once the once the stable doors got you, the, you it's like shutting the horse uh, shutting the stable doors after the horse is after the horse, there we go <laughs> somewhere <laughs> um, like shot in the stable door after yeah. the horse is bolted eh? musicians have it bad but nowhere near as bad as photographers have it that's true that's or very true. poets have it <laughs> so yeah don't become don't become a musician if your goal is to make money don't become a musician and if you are going to become a musician don't expect to make your money by the making of the music i mean it's funny you talk about like artists in that regard all the most famous artists where all their pieces are selling for ridiculous amounts of money and they became mega collector species died poor because they, it's just not going to happen. You don't make money. End of. Uh, Epic Games has acquired Bandcamp with the vision to create the most open, artist-friendly ecosystem in the world. This is... <laughs> all right, then. Hi. That's interesting. You, you, you definitely bought over that so that you could make the world a better place. <laughs> not to make money considering you are the developer of Fortnite, which is easily... The biggest microtransactional game on earth. But that raises an interesting point. Like, their goal is to generate revenue. Of course it is. And as someone who has music on Bandcamp, I have to look at this and be like, oh, okay, are you, will this be beneficial to me? 
Are you going to work out a way to generate me more revenue? You would think so because big business. I think they're looking to generate their own revenue. They will generate their own revenue. Um, I don't think it's going to be much of an interest in doing it for other people. Personally, I just don't. Uh, Let's read this quote. Cool. Um, Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Bandcamp will keep operating as a standalone marketplace and music community and it will continue to lead our team. The products and services you depend on aren't going anywhere. We'll continue to build Bandcamp around our artist's first revenue model where artists net an average of 82% of every sale. Which, okay. You'll still have the same control over how you offer your music. Bandcamp Fridays will continue as planned and the daily will still keep highlighting the diverse, amazing music on the site. However, behind the scenes, we're working with Epic to expand internationally and push development towards uh, forward across Bandcamp, from basics like our album pages, mobile apps, merch tools, payment system, and search and discovery features, to newer initiatives like our vinyl pressing and live streaming service. Potential. Uh, given the Epic, were the first computer game, or the first game developer to have like an online concert, had Travis Scott on mm-hmm. Fortnite. Which yeah. Maybe ironic given what happened at a Travis Scott concert. Um, <laughs> maybe it's the only safe way for the him Battle to do Royale. Gigs. <laughs> Aye. So it's crazy that they would have a band actually put a live performance into a video game. Yeah. Owning Bandcamp, maybe that will open doors for smaller artists. I imagine like uh you could you could buy artist tracks in Fortnite. But why would you want to? You can listen to that music on Spotify or whatever without well, let, doing that. Let's say I've never played Fortnite, right? But I think mm-hmm. I understand the basic concept, right? It's about a royal game. You know, back in the day, the the done thing because when you when you die in a in a uh, competitive game like that, you always cut to the the kill cam and you get to see who kills you. And of course, back in the day, that meant that you were about to get teabagged by someone in, in Halo, right? Back in the day, still okay, still. Um, if not verbally abused. What if you were in a in a scenario where when you got a a kill like that and it cut to the cut to the kill cam you because people love love their sharing their you know the music that they like because it's an extension of our personality. MySpace were onto a winner back in the day because everybody got to put a track on their page, which yes. you know they love that because it's like oh you can you know this this song basically was written about me. You know, imagine if when the kill cam happens and you go over to to uh, to the artist, the you've purchased a song and the chorus for that song starts playing. Was MySpace part of the precursor problem? Yes. Of that just when you're praising them, I find it very interesting because I agree with you in terms of actually yeah. distributing music, yeah. especially for indie bands. Yeah. I mean, Enter Shikari started through MySpace and DIY'd it and now play fucking stadiums. Sure. I'm pretty sure Bring Me Horizon weren't far off that either. Um, but I'd be really interested to see how the royalty model worked behind MySpace because oh, it was completely it was any, free. Yeah, people would just steal the music and put it on put it on their profile. But there were so many huge artists that had their stuff on there as well. I'd also say that bands killed MySpace. I've said it many times. Bands were the reason MySpace went out of business and it was because Probably. you went and you logged into MySpace and you just had 100 notifications every day from different bands that had added you and invited you to different shows. And harassed and like, a life at yeah, you. This can't, this can't work, guys. And, and, and actually, when, when Facebook makes it harder for artists to reach people on their platform although that's obviously very annoying for the artist you have to think of it from the consumer perspective it's better for the consumer that way and if if you make it too easy like myspace did for bands to harass an audience you you alienate the the user and therefore you don't have a platform to advertise your your thing on you don't so yeah, I think you have to be careful with stuff like that. Yeah, engagement's very important. Yeah. It's not harassment. Yeah, I think that what I've suggested there would be a way to make a lot of money um, because if I happen to play something like Fortnite and I could buy, I don't know, a Thank You Scientist song for a dollar, a song that I wasn't going to buy because I'm just going to stream it when I listen to it, but mm-hmm. I can buy it for a dollar and then every time I kill someone, it cuts to the 
the kill cam for 20 seconds and they're, and they're having thank you scientists blasted at them. Um, that's a nice a nice way to make revenue for not just the artists, but it's a good way for Bandcamp to make revenue and, and in turn Epic to make to make revenue. So. If that's what they're going to do, I mean, that's, that's not a bad idea, to be um, honest. I, I just imagine a lot of it's going to be people picking the most offensive tracks they can find on the site. Good point. Just, good point. Just violating each other. Good essentially, point. people are the worst. People are the worst. You're right, but I mean, it's not going to be any worse than voice comms. It already happens. Anybody that grew up playing like Xbox Live knows, especially Modern Warfare Two or whatever games like that. Man, like the abuse yeah. that people would come out with to each other was unbelievable. Or, or you would get a message for somebody, private message, basically, where you would just get absolutely taken the piss out of, yeah. or any number of things. Well, I wouldn't know. I never ever. I've had zero experience of playing online games. Like actual playing online with, with strangers. Because you are um, a dinosaur. I had my first actual weird experience of that the other day playing Dark Souls 3. I got to a new area. There was a summon sign. And I was like, when I see a summon sign in Dark Souls, I assume I'm about to fight a boss. So I was like, sweet, okay. Could definitely do with some help on this boss. Carrying loads of souls. Don't want to immediately die and lose everything. So I summoned this this guy um, who wasn't an NPC. He was a, an actual another human. And he came into my game and he guided me through the entire level to get to the boss like he really right. he helped me and he pointed out all the all the secrets and things that i that i might miss like he's like pointing that like there's an item down there and things like that and it was How like did they communicate? this is really cool there was a voice chat it no there was no voice chat so much like people used to say back in the day that they really enjoyed journey because it was uh it was a, a multiplayer experience but you never you didn't even realise that you were playing with someone online because you didn't communicate with them. It was just a journey that you took together. Mm -hmm. um, this kind of kind of felt like that. I was devastated when he died like three quarters of the way through the level. I was like, I can't do it without you. No, my I can't go the rest of the way. Um, so I thought that was actually really cool. But yeah, talking to people, that experience would have been ruined for me if he came on voice chat and we were talking. Because <laughs> um, I think there's something quite fun about like trying to communicate with someone non-verbally. There is some fun about that. There's something to be said. I think I've maybe been spoiled with the amount of games I've played where it's like voice chat as a it can be an invaluable tool. Sure. Playing Daisy, yeah, having a, like an actual standoff where somebody's in a building or a different room for you and you can hear their movement and then you just get voice chat open and they're like, "I'm friendly. I'm not. Whatever. I'm going to look. I'm looking. I'm coming after you. If you put your gun down, I won't shoot. Whatever it is, yeah. like it adds to the tension. Sure. In a scenario but, like that, it, yeah, it works. But that's in a game where, yeah. Functions Emerging makes a difference, and it, it was part of the design. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that that works. Um, okay, we're just gonna play this video. This is about Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, I thought this was quite funny. Uh, Mike showed it to me, and then we're gonna end the show. We're not even gonna talk about the lawsuits because we've been going for an hour and twenty minutes. So I work here at Guitar Center. Uh, that's my day job. Today we got an interesting guitar and Machine Gun Kelly indices signature Schechter. Yeah, not this guy has a pretty interesting feature. Called the kill switch for those of you who don't know. I think it's just five lights. Flip this in the down position. The the cuts off all the volume, making it completely effect. silent. That got me wondering. But I mean, how does MGK use this in his live performances? Let's go take a look. Okay, Exhibit A. Let's zoom in, shall we? Clearly in the down position here, but let's be fair to MGK. This is obviously from a music video, and people don't really play in music videos, so let's find a live one, shall we? Surely it's up in a in a live photo, right? Right. Okay, Exhibit B is definitely playing here. Let's zoom in. Oh, no, okay, definitely still in the down position. Surely there's some out there where it's not like that, right? Exhibit C, come on, MGK, don't let me down. <sighs> Dude. I'm making any definitive claims here, but it certainly seems like he doesn't use it for much other than muting his guitar while he plays. 
could be the case. And you've said there's people out there who are vehemently chasing him, making a comment on it. Uh, yeah, we've seen people like desperately trying to be like, he must have said in an interview that he's flipped his kill switch round. He or wouldn't he could, flip his kill switch round. Or mm. he could just not comment on it and leave it at that. Yeah. For the minor amount of guitarists who've picked yeah. up that's a kill switch. And... To be fair, uh, it is the kill switch is the wrong way when you really think about it. The down position should never be off because you can hit that when you're strumming and push your sig- signal off it's considerably less likely that you're going to pull it up accidentally mm-hmm. and turn your signal off. Um, so, yeah. Uh, he's gone with, with pictures there. You would like to think that it would be easy to just look at video and just be able to tell. Uh, I can't imagine the level of stress that you'd be putting yourself through to perform live on a show and mime all of your guitar parts while singing just because you wanted people to think you were playing guitar. You would... I'm not going to say you would need to play convincingly enough that someone like me couldn't tell, but if you're not playing convincingly enough that someone like me couldn't tell, what's the point? What's the point? It's because someone's going to be able to tell, and then it's going to get out there very quickly, and then suddenly, you know, you look like a you look like a fraud. If you've if you're playing the guitar convincingly enough that someone like me can't tell, then just turn the kill switch off and just play. Very strange. Very strange. I mean. Musicians, we are fucking strange. Yeah. That's just the gist of that, isn't it? We this are fucking the, weirdos. The world that we live in today, um, people yeah. are more interested in the uh, the idea of what they are than actually being that thing. Yeah. So, so the, the last the image of oneself. God, the last. I was just going to say the last topic was going to be us talking about yet more fucking lawsuits. Dua yeah. Lipa being um, <laughs> sued by a reggae band. You're really desperate to talk about it, aren't you? I'm not. I just want to say it, it's much in line with the conversations we've had before and the, the Ed Sheeran one I thought was interesting as well. I'm not saying that we won't come to it. We can, no, we can. happily talk about it next yeah. week. Um, so, uh, but as more things will come out uh, regarding these. But so far but, it's just the same old thing. Yeah. No, I wrote realistic. that. No okay. one's listening to the show at this point. We've been going for an hour and 20 minutes. Don't lie. There's, there'll, be people, <laughs> there'll be people here. Even yeah. if it's you and I. Yeah, that is that is true. I mean, I won't. I'll be I'll be doing sound on a gig right now. So sorry, guys. Sorry, I left recently. <laughs> he gone. Yeah. Right, well, on that then, for next week, if we're going to end up talking about it, I would like to see if anybody wants to write in their thoughts on the scenario. And I suppose the question is, how similar the motifs and stuff have to be to be considered plagiarism? Or do you have to take into consideration that you have a limited amount of things that you can do with 12 notes? Is that fair? Yeah. What is fair use and what's taking the piss? Sweet. What is plagiarism and what is just fucking research? Also, did you know, this show is brought to you by our friends over at Ormsby Guitars. We want to remind you guys that there is still time to get involved in the upcoming Run 16 Guitars. Those include these incredible hypes available in five new colours. That Dragon Burst is absolutely stunning. You can also get your hands on one of the Metal X's, again available in a range of finishes. My personal pick has to be these Headless Vs. Absolutely outrageously cool. Imagine one of those in an 8-string. I absolutely love these. And finally, the Ando San Signature Model, available in 6, 7, and 8-string availability. Go and check them out at Ormsby's website right now. This show is also brought to you by our friends over at Rev Amplification, a one-stop shop for all of your tonal needs. Head on over to their website to check out their range of lunchbox amplifiers, both the D20 and G20, 20 watt amplifiers with built-in two notes torpedo technology so you can record direct into your computer. If that doesn't suit, you can also check out one of their highly popular G2, 3 and 4 pedals, giving you that trademark Rev tone 
in a stomp box. Incredible tones, I use these myself. And finally, you may notice in the back of these videos, a Rev Generator 120, an absolute masterclass in modern electric guitar tones. Check it out at their site now. So as always, a huge thanks to our friends and family over at both Ormsby Guitars. Expect an updated version of that ad next week when I've got some, some time to do that. Um, but yeah, thanks guys. You guys are absolutely awesome. Uh, Ormsby, you're awesome. Rev, you're awesome. And people that are watching the show right now, you're also awesome. So please do tell your friends, tell your enemies, uh, because actually the, the, we, the show tanked two weeks in a row. And again, I can only assume it's because we keep putting women, women in the thumbnails, you bunch of fucking misogynists. <laughs> But I, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm poking fun there because I'm not the sort of person that's ever going to say things like that. But when I said that out loud, there, you have to take a step back and and ask yourself: when people do shit like that, why are they surprised when it doesn't work? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, let's insult my audience. Let's look down and call you disgusting misogynists. I'm sure they'll love that. They they can't wait to tune in next week and have me play the moral superiority card <laughs> berate them berate them yeah. berate them yeah yeah so fuck you guys you're idiots mike until next time fuck you guys you're idiots love yous <laughs>